0: in about 30 minutes. I hope I can do it. Um, Let's pray that that'll happen. So Lord, we open our hearts today. May your word be clear. May your word speak to every one of us right where we are today that we might get in tune with you and where you are. And so Lord, we open our hearts to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've got three parts of what I want to share. I was going to continue on in the book of Colossians. But um, I just can't get away from where we are right now. The first thing I'm going to do, i got three points. Um, so if you want to take notes, this is it. Uh, why, are, why we should, as Christians, support Israel. Secondly, how are we to pray for Israel. And number three, what must I do to stand up in these days? A week ago yesterday, nine days of action uh, has changed our world significantly. Um, Israel's at war. Things are happening in the Middle East. There are riots taking place in New York and Atlanta, Denver, all over our country. They're taking place in Paris and and all over Europe and also uh, in the Middle East in particular. Here there is a rising of uh, anti-Semitism that is uh, it's it's an evil thing because what it is doing, it is saying we want all Jewish people dead. We want them gone. This is not new for Israel. It's been happening for centuries and centuries. It happens most recently in our lifetime in the Holocaust in World War II where the efforts were made to destroy Jewish people. It's called anti-Semitism. And that thing has uh, reared its ugly head again Uh, eliminate all Jews. It's not just about the land, please understand. It's not just about, well, where's the boundary lines? Who's this? Who's that? It's all about one purpose only, that Satan has a plan to attempt to wipe out the children of God, Israel, and we are grafted in as believers. So we're going to talk about some of that this morning because I think uh, they have, uh, the news will do this at every war, whether it's 1948, 1967, 1973, 1982, 2014. I can go on and on and on about the efforts that have been made to push into uh, Israel with rockets. Back in 2014, there were rockets, um, many, in uh, June or January through June of that year, a couple thousand. Last Saturday alone, there were four, three to 4,000 rockets shot from Gaza up into, um, in, into Israel. And uh, we need to know, this is, this is very important, this day that we're living. So I, wanna be, uh, I want us to get serious about it, but I also want us to have an awareness of why we do what we do. I've been following uh, uh, Amir Safardi, who's a, a Jewish believer who's writing... And he just said today, uh, just uh, while we're worshiping, my watch went off and I saw it. He said Hezbollah is claiming um, five attacks on uh, IDF forces from the north. Hezbollah's in the north, Hamas is in the south. Uh, I've had a webinar this week listening to um, a man by the name of David Necruppman, who is also, he is an Orthodox Jew, but he loves Christians and he's very much involved in what's going on. Um, as many of you know, as you know here at Suffield Fellowship, we are a part of Bridges for Peace. They're our connection to Israel. We give uh, thousands of dollars every year for the support and in reaching into the Jewish people. And we feed everyone who comes, uh, 24,000 a month. And we are feeding people. And already last Sunday, when the, all the attacks took place, began to take place on Saturday, on Sunday... The volunteers in Israel are loading up bags of uh, uh, supplies, things that people need, food, and so forth. And I saw a video that they had already gone down to Srot, which is down, uh, you've seen a lot of that in the news. And right there they are uh, feeding people. They're ministering to people, giving comfort. I'm not sure that you realize uh, where Bridges for Peace came from, But I just wanted to fill you in because we have supported them. Uh, You all know that I'm on the U.S. Board of Directors for that ministry. We've been in Israel over 50 years. But in 1964, a man by the name of Dr. G. Douglas Douglas Young, got to get his name right, uh, felt a call of God to go to Israel to start a Bible school. They had it up on one of the mountains around uh, where the Dome of the Rock is and around the old city of Jerusalem, but up on one of the hills. And he started a school. In 1967, it was what we term now as the Six-Day War, where uh, the enemies of Israel attacked them. It was over in six days. But at that particular moment, when that began, Dr. Young told all of his students, clear out the offices, clear out the rooms. We are going to minister to Jewish people. And they took their old vehicle. It was an early 60s van. And he took all this stuff out of it and began to haul Uh, supplies and help and food and medicine, all that they could do to minister and help the wounded and those uh, to comfort people. And out of that heart became a a real movement of God, and uh, then Bridges for Peace was birthed out of that. And so for 50 years, that was what Bridges for is doing, uh, building bridges between Christians and Jews and the church and trying to uh, say God loves you, we love you, we, we, we want to stand with you. I look back and saw in 1967 it wasn't just Hamas in the south, it was Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Lebanon, and Pakistan. And that is when bridges got to start. just trying to reach out. We have uh, really taken to heart the scripture out of Genesis 12:1 and 2 where God says, To Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And we have seen God bless us as we have been obedient to that command. We're going to bless Israel. And some of you are going to say, well, why to do that? Please understand that right now when you listen to most newscasts right now, there's a couple that are still good, are beginning now to blame Israel for what took place by the terrorists who came across the wall and began to murder children Elderly people uh, burned them. They went to that, uh, there was a music concert on the beach up north just a little ways, killed 260 people there, uh, beheading babies, and all that stuff has been documented. Don't believe when they say it's all made up, it isn't. Some of our people have seen some of that over there. They have uh, gone and observed, and the trauma of seeing husbands and wives holding each other shot and then burned is just more than people can handle. So please be aware that's, hap- that's happening. And as Christians, what are we to do? Why are we called on by God to support Israel? I'm gonna give you five quick statements so that you can understand what those are. If you look in the Bible to Isaiah 62, I'm not sure that you uh, have looked lately but on, in our entryway, there is a large banner. It's on the back side, way up on the wall. And you probably don't see it very often because it's part of the furniture. Just walk by it day after day, Sunday after Sunday. Maybe you saw it the first time you came, but after that you don't see it. But it's out of the scriptures of um, Isaiah 62. It says, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Let me go down to verse... Uh, 6 and 7. These are the ones that are on the wall. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You call upon the Lord. Give yourselves no rest and give him, God, no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. And that's why we pray. That's why we stand there that Israel might become all that God has spoken to us and prophesied and covenanted together with Israel. What you don't know about that banner in the back is when Judy and I first saw that, and Judy got the burden to make that banner, we put our name in there. Pray that Suffield would be a praise in all the earth. And now that's not a bad, that might not be a bad prayer, but it isn't what the Bible says. So if you look at that banner today when you leave, you will see a, a silhouette of Jerusalem, of, of the city of Jerusalem, with the name Jerusalem over, but behind that said Suffield. You might not remember, don't remember ever seeing it that way. But when we realize, and just wait a minute, wait a minute, our call is to agree with God that Jerusalem, because by the way, where is Jesus going to come back to? You mean he's not coming back to Suffield? He's not going to come back to New York City? He's not going to come to uh, Rio de Janeiro down south someplace? No, he is coming. Our Savior, when he returns, will come to Jerusalem. It is a place that God has established at his own. Point number one, why do we stand, is because Israel is the only nation created by God by a sovereign act of his will. There's a lot of nations, but God established Israel as a nation that he formed and called his own. I don't have time this morning. I don't want to spend all morning on this. Just point one, as I'm getting into, is that God himself, creator of heaven and earth, has a right of ownership to anything of this earth he wants, and he established. You can look up in Genesis 15, Genesis 17. You can go to Numbers, Joshua, Ezekiel, and you can see where God said, This land is my land. And this is a land that I've created, and I'm establishing it, and, and I give it to Abraham and his descendants. And it's outlined very clearly. It goes from Egypt all the way up to the rivers of Euphrates. It's that land. It's very defined land. And God's in charge of that land. He said, that's my land. And he began with that, and it's a center where he's going to return to. So when I get to that point, I said, okay, God, the whole earth is yours, but that one you said is specifically your land. So what is the fight? It's to remove Jewish people from that land, wipe it out, and then the world and the Satan in itself can say that the Bible is a lie. It's a lie. So God is going to protect his word, and his word said that that is his land. That's why we believers stand with Israel. Second thing is Christians owe a debt of gratitude to the Jewish people for all that they've contributed, which is our foundation, the birth of the, our Christian faith. Now, I'll ask you to turn to this. I'll go to Romans chapter 9, verse 4. Romans chapter 9 and verse 4. Romans, the book of Romans chapter 9 and verse 4. Paul writes and he said, I, I, I would wish that myself were cursed if my own people would be saved, and they would come to Christ from the people. Verse 4, the people of Israel, theirs is the adoption to sonship, theirs is the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs is the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised go to Romans 15, the last uh, second to last chapter in the book of Romans, Romans 15. And I want to look down at verse 17. Verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 27, I'm sorry. Verse 20, 15, 27. For they were... Pl- um, they were pleased to take an offering, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared with the Jews in spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So that's what we're to do. We're to share our material blessings with Israel. Now listen, what did what came through the Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? What came? The covenants of God. Out of that came the Ten Commandments. Out of that line came the law, temple worship, all those things. The Scriptures and, and you do know that in the, in the New Testament, when Jesus quoted the Bible, he didn't quote, quote Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He quoted Genesis to Malachi. That's what he quoted. The scriptures, the sacred scriptures. We got the prophets who tell us what's gonna happen. We have the patriarchs. Mary was a Jew. Joseph was a Jew. Jesus of Nazareth was a Jew, the Messiah. The 12 disciples were Jewish. The apostles were Jewish. God, through them... We get the gospel preached to us. We're grafted in. Gentiles come in through what has been happening through our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we have to love. That's why we need to love them, love the Jewish people. Number three, Jesus never denied his Jewishness. I've talked to people over the years that said, what do you mean Jesus was a Jew? It's true. He was a Jew. He was born in a Jewish family. He was circumcised the eighth day according to, to the scriptures. On the eighth day, according to the scriptures, he had his bar mitzvah, his coming of age at 13 in uh, Jerusalem, bar mitzvah on 13th birthday. He kept the law of Moses. He wore a prayer shawl Moses commanded all men to wear. He died on the cross with the inscription over his head, King of the Jews. Your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was a Jew. And he carried that all the way through. He said, in one place in Matthew 25, he said, as much you've done to the one of the least of these, my brothers, my brothers, Jewish people, not Gentiles, but my brothers, you've done it to me. Showing our love for Jesus, what he has done. Number four, and why Christians should stand with Israel is we're to support Israel because it brings a blessing of God to us. Now that seems like an ulterior motive, but it is the truth. When we support Israel, When we stand with Israel, there's blessing that comes. If you don't stand for Israel and you turn your back against them, the Bible says, if you curse them, I will curse them. If you curse them, I will curse you. So we need to stand as believers to stand in the blessing side of God. And there's a lot of places, a lot of scriptures I can give you. I'm going fast. So this is what we're doing. And finally, which is probably the most serious one of all why we should stand It says, God will judge the nations for their abuse of Jewish people. If you look upon world history, Israel is, the Jewish nation is the only one that that came out of rubble, came back. They're the ones that lost the language, and Hebrew is again established as the language of the people. Where is the the Roman Empire? Where is, I mean, we could go down. Where are the Greeks? Where are the Babylonians? Where are the, the Ottoman, all those things? Where's Hitler? He's gone. Where's the Jewish people? They're here. And God has established them, and we're going to stand with them. And God said, I will punish those who curse my people, those who attempted to uh, divide up my land. It's on our hearts. We don't talk about it enough, but we want to be in line with God's heart. He's nurturing them. He's calling them, and he is their protector. We need to stand with God. As you look at everything, get a biblical worldview. Look at what the Bible says. We're going to follow him, and we're going to stand with God for Israel. And as we do that, it's an important part that we pray. We've got to be praying people. We, we owe a debt of gratitude. We want to cry out to the Lord for them during this time. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 41. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I've got to refer to a bunch of other verses but oftentimes we say, well, what should I do? This is point two. How should I pray for Israel? How can I pray? I know that lives are important to God, whether they're Jews or Arabs or Japanese. or God, God loves the world. But there is something that we need to understand when we pray for Israel, when they have been attacked over and over again, how do we pray for them? And according to the word of God, I've said a watchman. We're not going to give God rest until he, he protects his people and we're going to walk with him. So I've got to give you a couple of points. Number one, a tool to pray. Write these things down. These are, how am I going to pray? Number one is we need to pray for the protection of Israel. Israel is a small nation. It's a nation of about 9 million people with 7 million of them being Jewish people. There are Arabs there. There are other nationalities there. And they all get along within the confines of Israel as a nation. It's the outlying places that are coming in against them. But only 7 million people. Now, I don't have the mathematical thing about this. But uh, it's the number for killed Israelis is already up to 3,000, I believe, it maybe even be more. That is the largest number of Jewish people who have died since the Holocaust, the largest number. in all the skirmishes, they say, and this is where I could be wrong, some math person here can figure this out. America has 334 million people in our country. Israel has 7 million Jews in Israel. 3,000 are killed. If that was proportionate to us in our country, I believe, now this is why I need somebody to do this for me because my mouth quit working about 10 years ago. Anyway, all my formulas and stuff. That would be equivalent to 120,000 of Americans being killed. Do you think our nation would rise up if 120,000 of our people were killed last Saturday and through this day? Of course we would. But people are looking at it and say, well, they're just, you know, they're just whatever. Listen, it's important That we put it in the perspective that God has called this people his own. And as they're protecting themselves, we need to pray that God would align himself into that place. That place to protect them. Let me read a verse out of Psalm 121. I will lift my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber indeed. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. We've got to know that the God of Israel is not sleeping when he sees what's happening, and we need to align our hearts in prayer for their protection. On Thursday afternoon, I was at a, I saw a, I I mentioned this already, a webinar, and and, uh, David was, was, David Necruppman was the speaker from Israel. He was relating how he went with Bridges for Peace. He's an Orthodox Jew, but he loves Christians. He went down in distributed packages. Then he gave his interpretation of last Saturday. As an Orthodox Jew, they have their phones off. They, they don't uh, cook on that day. It's a total day of rest and no work. So he said, we slept in because it's a day of rejoicing. We just finished Feast of Tabernacles, and now we have a day of, he called it rejoicing on steroids as they celebrated the word of God. Simcha Torah is a day, last Saturday was called. And they were at synagogue in that morning, and someone came in, he said, they're calling up all the reservists uh, to come in, to prepare and head for the south. His son, who's, his middle son, his name is Ore, Ori, O-R-I, He is, uh, his name is named after Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The word light is Ori. And that's what they named their son. He's an Air Force um, uh, soldier. And he said he went home because he slept in that morning. He said, Ori, wake up, check your phone, see if you need to go in. And he said, well, there's nothing for me, Dad. It says get some reservists down to the south. They have no idea what's happening yet. A few hours go by. And he said, I better go get, check again. So he checks. And he said, now, you've got to get down. He opened up his phone. Look at your phone again. Turned it on. Looked at it. He said, get down to your base right now. We're at war. They didn't even know it until 2 o'clock in the afternoon from 6 o'clock in the morning because they live in the center part of Israel. And he asked believers on that webinar from 35 different states, in the United States, 35 states, pray for my son. He's in the base. But there's rockets going going over his head, all the time, asking for prayer, and he said our community didn't even know until the sun went down on Saturday, the devastation and things that happened. It was a surprise that came after them. We need to pray for the protection of Israel. Secondly, we need to to pray for the comfort of Israel. Psalm 49, Sing, O heavens, be joyful O the earth, and break out in singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. This morning there are heartbroken people. I saw the interview of a man whose eight-year-old was being captured by the Hamas. They were taking the terrace and they killed her in front of him. And he said, I praise God that she wasn't tortured. Hearts are broken. Families are destroyed. By terrorists who have come in on the land, comfort my people. We need to comfort and pray God's comfort to come. There are funerals every day this week of those who have given their life. It's almost a day. It is a daily event. And these terrorists have not targeted soldiers, but families, older people, elderly people, and they're separated. They don't know where their kids are. They don't know where mom and dad are. They're hostages right now in Gaza. We need to pray that God, the God of all comfort, would comfort people. Linda read this morning about how we're to comfort, how we're to to, to see that the word of reconciliation, the, the word of peace, the word that we have to give. We need to do that and be careful. Number three, we need to pray that Israel would turn to God. It is our. Put their trust in him. People often say much of Israel is a secular place. They don't believe in God or whatever. That's not true. They don't worship God, but they do know there is one God. They don't know Jesus. Their eyes are blinded so you and I can come in. So we need to pray that they would see the Lord, to put their trust in the Lord. We're praying from the smallest to the oldest, from the fighting to those that are supplying everyone that they would turn towards God in this hour. We pray that they would put their trust in God. We have been a part of bringing Jewish people back to Israel throughout our involvement with Israel here at Suffield. It's called Aliyah the coming up, and Jewish people, we've helped them come out of Russia, we've helped them come from other parts of the world, that they can come back to their homeland. And that's a prophetic fulfillment of what the Scripture says. I will bring back my people to the land. We need to pray for that. Number four, we need to pray for their deliverance. We need to pray that they might be delivered. God promised that he would be with them in their time of trouble. And as we, we, as we pray, we remind the Lord of those promises. Say, Lord, fulfill your word. Fulfill those words. I ask you to turn to Isaiah 41. If you would look at Isaiah 41 just for a moment now. Isaiah 41, I want you to see this. Verse 8 of Isaiah 41. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest corners, I called you. I said, you're my servant. I've chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob, little Israel. Don't fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Pray for their deliverance. Number five, pray for divine intervention. We've all looked at this, and it's true. Throughout the history of modern-day Israel history, there are stories of God's divine intervention, miracles that take place, bombs that don't go off, things that, that shouldn't have happened, happen. God protects, miracles. Israel is a land of miracles even today. Pray for divine intervention The Bible does say, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that there's wars coming, the end times are here. God says that's gonna happen, but pray for the miracles of God to take place. We pray for that. That's the fifth point of prayer. God, may you demonstrate your power so they can know that you're God. No doubt they would know that you're a mighty God because of what you have done. It's, It's an easy one to also see this, number six, for economic intervention they are in trouble i mean economically these wars are terrible i'm thankful that our country has our countries begin to help with some things but all the nations of the world are rising up against israel and we need to pray for them for that as well those are ways we can pray those are the ways we can stand now what i did say is in isaiah 41 The final questions that I have, the final thing, not only we should stand with Israel because God says we should. How do we pray for Israel? There's five, six ways we can pray for Israel. But what about you? What about me? We're living in what the Bible identifies as last days. I refer to it often. There are prophetic things that are being fulfilled daily. But there is also a satanic a satanic energy Satan's working around all over the world and he doesn't leave us out of that he does come against us as well so how are you going to stand in these last days how are we as a church body how are we as believers in our land going to stand up when the enemy comes at us as it's not a time listen it's not a time to play games with God it's not a time to live with a half-hearted kind of commitment to god well i'm a christian it'll be okay it can be okay if you're sold out to god but if you want to play games i don't think god has any obligation to help me play more games he said my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me there are some very serious scriptures in the bible that says did we not cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all this in your name? And he said, depart from me. I never knew who you were. You weren't sold out to me, so what about me? What about you? What decisions are we making? These are last days. And if we're going to uh, survive and flourish, we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's beyond a doubt. It's my heart to serve God. Isaiah 41 has a scripture that I read concerning Israel, verse 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid. Do not fear, I myself will help you, declares the Lord. He said, I need you to stand. I am your help. Now what we do as Christians most of the time, we grab all these scriptures and we pull them out and make them our own when they're spoken to Israel. But there are principles, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 said, there are examples for us, we can learn from that. There's truth for us here too, because we're grafted into God's family. So I can take these verses, do not fear. I want to refer to that one more time in just a moment, but keep your mind there. We are living in a time that last days is called, there will be a great falling away, a taking place. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Let me quote it for you. 1 Timothy 4, 1. There it is. It's right there. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter days, times, there, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. God warns us. Even in the New Testament, he said, there will be a time when people are falling away, abandoning the faith, turning away. I've lived long enough with the Lord, and so have many of you, that you can look back and see people who once were on fire for God, who have fallen away. They don't walk, they're somewhere else. They're not following hard after God. They're not waking. You don't, have to be, um, you don't have to be one who falls away. You can determine Determined to follow after him. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Now, don't be surprised that the Christian life is not a playground. It is a battlefield. And the moment I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and when you did too, the battle was started. It was Satan wants to kill, steal from us, destroy us. And we need to follow hard after God. We need to gain spiritual ground and not lose it. Really, I I don't know where the word neutrality comes in our Christian faith. Well, I'm just going to be in the middle. I'll be Switzerland in my faith. I'll be a little for this, a little for that. No. You're going to either walk with Jesus, walk with God with your whole heart. You're going to love God with your mind, uh, all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That's what you're going to do. Or you're going to just dwindle around and walk away and play at this thing. That's not how God's called his people to be. We must be walking with them. Let me go back now to Isaiah 41, verse 13. Out of this passage of Scripture, let me give you just several points. Don't fear the threatening of the enemy. I don't know about you. I would suspect it's you that Satan comes and threatens you. You're a loser. You're never going to make it. You can't go along. Uh, you're going to get sick. You're going to die. You're going to lose your money. You're gonna, Satan threatens us all the time. He's an enemy of us. So don't fear him. God said, I am your helper. Here's another thing out of Isaiah 41. We just read a few verses, but listen. Do not, I repeat, do not doubt the promises of God. When God said it, he meant it, and he will do what he said he will do. If God said he is your guard your rear guard he will take care of you when you walk through the flames you're not going to get burned when you go through the waters you won't drown he said if i'll be with you i am with you do not doubt what god says in his word church we're a bunch of doubters well i don't know if god means that for me he meant it for you if you belong to him he meant it for you don't be afraid and now that follow-up is that don't be afraid that you're going to die in the trial you're going to the affliction is going to overwhelm you don't be in fear that that's going to happen. He's our, he's our Savior. He's our King. He's, I've given everything to God. He's given everything to me. We sang it this morning, and we're going to walk in that. Number four, don't doubt God's promise of your deliverance. It will not fail. His promise will be assured. Here's a quote I, I read. Uh, actually, Judy and I read it. She, she said, look at this out of Matthew Henry on this verse about don't be afraid, God's our our helper. Listen to this, write it down, grab a hold of your brain. It is against the mind of God that his people should be, now this this King James stuff is going to get you here in a minute, a timorous people. I said, what in the world does that mean? It is against the mind of God that his people should be a timorous people. I looked up the word timorous. I don't think I've ever heard the word, but I read it. So it's showing or suffering from fear, lack of confidence, faint-hearted, lacking in courage, weak-kneed, shrinking, gutless, a chicken, yellow-bellied. All those words mean timorous. It's the mind of God, and it's against his mind that you and I would walk in fear. He said, do not fear, do not fear. I will help you. Do not fear, do not fear. I think there's 365 places in the Bible it says do not fear. And what do we do? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. We fear. But God, his mind says don't do that. His mind says, the mind of God says I will protect you. I will guard over you. I will be your, your savior in the midst of the storm. I will be your shelter.'" Under my mighty wings, you can just take refuge in me. Church, trust me in this day. So what about you? What about us as a body of believers? What about me? What steps do you need to take to move from where you are into an increase of your faith, an increase of your being sold out to Jesus, all of us can point back at our walk with God and see times, well, 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 I just got so busy I didn't read the Bible very much. I just got so this and I had all these troubles. I had all this and I just didn't do it, so it's been a long time. I did some little bit of math about this. If you come to church one Sunday a week for 52 Sundays, that's 52 hours. Wasn't that brilliant to me? One hour a week, 52 weeks, that's 52 hours. How many hours are there in a year? I didn't 8760 hours in a 365 days. And we give God 52 hours and say I'm sufficient. I've walked enough with God. I've did it. Listen. Can I just tell you that's not enough? It's not enough. As your pastor, Many of the things that I talk here on Wednesday night, I'm in that room right over here with about 8 or 10, 15 people the most who are saying, I want to learn more about God. I want to learn how to put peace on. I want to learn how to walk in wisdom. I want to learn to walk in what God has for me to go. But guess what? Who's there? Well, we're too busy. How busy are you going to be when the enemy comes storming down our roads? Well, I guess I should have prepared. No, you prepare right now. You give your heart right now to Jesus Said God, what do you want me to do? How am I going to step up, step it up in my walk with God? I've been married long enough to a wonderful woman, 52 years we've been married. You all know that wonders, wonderful miracle, divine intervention, that she could live with me that long. It's a miracle. But I'll tell you what, as a husband, throughout the, throughout the years, I've had to step it up. Why? Because you live with someone for a while, you sort of get used to each other, you sort of get used to your whatevers, and she knows I don't like cream cheese, and so we're fine. Okay? But there are times when she needs to step it up in our marriage. There are times when I need to step it up in our marriage. Why? Because we want a vibrant marriage. We don't want to go out of, the, out of our life being grumpy with each other, being a bunch of crankpots, cranky. I want to love her. She wants to love, she better love, want to love me or we're going to have a conversation in the car on the way home. You get my point. We say we love Jesus with all of our heart, and we give him nothing. He's the one we're going to see when we get to heaven. I don't want to disappoint any of you. Sure, mom's going to be there, dad's going to be there, grandma's going to be there, our brother and sister's going to be there, but the one you're looking for is Jesus. He's the one who saved your soul. He's the one that paid the price. For your salvation and mine, all to him I owe. A Couple years ago, actually January 1, 2021. We're coming up to January 1, 2024. But I determined that I'm gonna do something different in my walk with God. I've mentioned it. I said I'm gonna copy the entire Bible. I'm gonna write every word down and copy every verse Every chapter, Judy joined me at that time. I'm now in the book of Zechariah. I have Malachi to go, and I'll have completed writing the entire Bible. Now, I didn't do it in Hebrew or Greek, but I did it in English. Wrote the Bible, every word, every day. And I have discovered more about God by looking at his word. I read the word. I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. I read it. But when I began to write it down, something changed because it took me 45 minutes an hour every day to write a chapter. Now let me give you the whole story. I'm only about 20% into Psalms. So I have to get to Psalms yet, but the rest of the Bible I've written, and same with Judy. Why do we do that? So I can stand up and get a little badge? I don't want your badge. I wanted a different walk with my God. You do too. You want something different with God today. What is it that you would walk further and deeper into his love for you? Church, do not leave this place without asking the Lord, what can I do to move on in you? This is serious days. People, our world has changed. You might not know it, but our world has changed. It is happening right before your eyes. I don't think it'll ever be the same. We're not going to go back to uh, just a nice little peaceful thing going on because the Bible said it won't. How are we going to stand? We stand in our faith with God. We stand with Israel. We pray for Israel, but we also pray for ourselves and we walk in God. Lord, worship team, come. I want all of us just to stand before God right now. I want you to make it an altar place. Jesus wants to draw us to himself. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us afresh. We need his grace. We need his strength. We need his power to stand, to pray, to read, to know him better. Father God, I pray right now by the Holy Spirit you would break all of our hearts that we might get in your heart, in your mind. You say we have the mind of Christ, but Lord, so often we don't think that way. I pray that every one of us might walk in faith, not fear. Walk in victory, not defeat. Walk in the deliverance of God right now. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What do you need to do to step it up? What are the decisions you need to make to say, God, I want to get closer to you right now? Draw me, Lord, draw us. Draw me, Lord. I want to get to know you more. I don't want to be filled with doubt or fear. I want to walk with you and get in your thoughts. Holy Spirit, have your way in every life here, right now. Lord, not six days from now, not three years from now, but now today. Today's a day of wholeness, of salvation. Today's a day by your power and by your anointing, by your spirit. Let's sing a song. Today. Make this your prayer.